0: Luke begins his gospel at a steady, almost lumbering pace. And the gentle series of first three chapters, we move through his artful dance with Mary and Elizabeth where these first characters are introduced. And then there's this sort of almost prequel of the timeless story of Jesus' birth. And only then, after presenting The ministry of John the Baptist is Jesus baptized. But then we get to this chapter, this fourth chapter, where the the pace quickens. There's temptation, movement to active teaching, rejection in his own hometown, and then off a few miles to Capernaum. Some of you have been to Capernaum, situated on the edge of the Sea of Galilee. Others of you might have a chance to go there. Uh, call this a short little advertisement for a seep in January sometime to go to the Holy Land. This ancient town's ruins evidence a small community. Everything's close to the sea, the source of life, economy, and community. In Capernaum, Capernaum There are ruins of a a 4th century synagogue that's built on an even older ruin of a synagogue from the time of Jesus. And that is a short distance away. They've excavated a a 1st century home with a 4th century octagonal church built on top of it within a modern glass-floored, again, octagonal church echoing what's ancient below. And through the glass, you can see down into the traditions of the church. And tradition. Tradition has it that this is the home of Simon who is to become Peter. As we know from New Testament scholarship, I'm sorry, spoiler alert for first-year students. Hang on, it's coming your way. The author of, of Luke had a, had a copy of Mark on his hard drive or <laughs> maybe bookmarked on his browser. We don't know for sure. But in Mark, this healing of Simon's mother-in-law comes after the calling of Simon and Andrew So as Mark tells the story, presumably before the miracle comes, Simon is very much in the know of this rabbi, Jesus. He's a follower, a student. However, Luke tells the story without introduction of Simon. Jesus, finishing his teaching in the synagogue, is simply going to Simon's home. I wonder if we can put ourselves into this naive stance of Luke's Simon. The fact that Simon is offering hospitality certainly suggests that he was at the synagogue. He had gone to chapel that day. Maybe he was even an usher, an acolyte. It was quite a Sabbath day though, wasn't it? At that synagogue, it wasn't an ordinary day. Luke says that those present were astonished at his teaching because he spoke with authority. And it was in the synagogue that Jesus first heals a person, specifically a man with a spirit of an unclean demon. By the time Simon gets home with this rabbi from neighboring Nazareth, he has heard and seen a lot. He's been a quick study. His head, though, must be swimming. Maybe he's bringing him to his home because he's just a kind man. Maybe he's in hope that this Jesus can do something for his mother-in-law gripped with fever. What we can surmise, though, is this, and this is so important. There is a connection that has been made, and an invitation has been received and accepted, And as I say, the rest is is history. Jesus heals a second person. She responds immediately by serving those present. And the proverbial floodgates are open and Simon's house becomes something of a hospital, a healing station beside the sea. Our passage ends with Jesus retreating what we suspect to be a time of renewal and prayer. The crowds find him anyway. He, they want him to stay, but he cannot stay. He must proclaim his message in other synagogues and other places. And Simon, he has to go. He has to follow. As we begin a new seminary year, we gather in our place of learning and worship and i needed to say and we all need to remember that jesus is in our midst as rabbi and leader as jesus through word and sacrament will accompany our days we will be astonished by him we will be comforted by him also be rebuked and challenged by him like Simon to be called Peter we will follow him let me suggest that in this gospel as Jesus picks up his pace of his own ministry he gives us at this juncture three lessons three things to hold on to in our journey of faith whether it's in the context of seminary or in other places and circumstances. First, relationships and healing are always found together. They're inextricably connected. Sure, Jesus heals strangers, and yet the circumstances and actions of healings always seem to be relational at some level. If one's a stranger, not after the healing. Think about it. A meal is served and dot, dot, dot. A person is touched by Jesus or he will touch them and dot, dot, dot. Jesus goes home with somebody and dot, dot, dot. And so in this place, you and I, the broken, the half-baked, the bumbly followers of Jesus, are healed by the loving touch, companionship, friendship, and love of one another. In Christ's name, through His love, we come into relationship and dot, dot, dot. And probably a helpful note of caution. There's no healing in anger, resentment, blame, gossip. When we draw one another to each other in love, we are about Jesus. We're about healing. When we distance... When we push away, that's the fertile ground for sin. That is why racism, homophobia, sexism can be such demons in our midst. The way of love is to draw in, to be present with one another. So, Jesus. Building on healing and relationships then does something counterintuitive, right? He withdraws. Jesus knows the connection, though, between exercising love and self-love. He pauses, he retreats, and he prays. Again, short advertisement for Quiet Day later this month. To be sure, as his own experience in the wilderness suggests, one will need to wrestle with demons, personal demons, in these alone places. But only by seeking this oneness with self can one find an at one with God and neighbor. The proverbial recharging of one's batteries can be an excellent gift to self and to those Who are conjoined with you in the body of Christ. And so, building on relationships, building on retreat, Jesus finally makes clear time and again that his life is about movement and message. Jesus must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God in other cities. It's his purpose, it's his movement, and it is ours. That is why this chapel, echoing our former chapel. See, something. there's something good about building, being connected to ruins of the past. This chapel, carrying the words of Mark, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. And so, Dear ones, that's our call. And so let us come near. Be fed in the great Eucharistic feast. For we are one with Simon this day. We're in Capernaum. And as people striving to be in relationship to Jesus, the healer of our souls, let us be through Jesus there for each other and through wine and bread and water and spirit. Let us be knit together in relationship, sisters and brothers, kin, and let us care for others as we care for ourselves, not neglecting retreat and rest and refreshment. Follow Jesus there too. And finally, let us be with Jesus in the mission and movement, the veritable dance of love. Touched by Jesus, we are about this work. And know this, there is much healing work to be done.